welcome to another episode of Standing 8. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. I'm joined by my co-host, three-time World Champion Boxing Hall of Famer, Jeff Finney. Great to be here. And today we've got two of Australia's most successful comedians, actors and writers, Rob Shahadi and Tahir. Welcome. Yeah. Wow. That was good. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. You nice. like that one? Yeah. Nice intro. Yeah. <laughs> really? We've done all that? I think so. Tell you what, guys, just before we start, we need you guys over in America right at the moment with all this crap happening so you can just let everybody know that everybody's equal. And that's what I love about you guys, you know. You can get up on stage, you can talk about yourselves or talk about other people, and everybody just loves it. I mean, I think that's what the world's missing, guys, like these two guys to my right. And um, I want to congratulate you on an amazing career and um, – yeah, you're two definitely funny guys, but you're also two great guys, and it's great to have you guys with us. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, that's, Jeff. It's yeah, nice. That, like, obviously, some of the shows we've been you know, involved with over the years, uh, they've been politically incorrect. There's no doubt about it. But I think those shows are accepted because um, it, it comes from a, a good place. Like, you know, it, it's all just tongue-in-cheek stuff. Yeah. Uh, some of the shows we've done. But well, like, I think one of the biggest problems of the world today – we take things out of context. If somebody just says something mm. <clears throat> that we might have said 20 or 30 years ago, um, yeah, it's totally incorrect now. And, and, and some people don't really mean it. And um, I think it's, no, yeah, I think it's, we're, we're far too um, hard on ourselves today. I think the world has changed and I, it definitely hasn't changed for the better as far as I'm concerned. They can't cancel everything. Everything's cancelled. Cancelled. <laughs> right, yeah. What, were the, what did the Allens cancel those lollies? What was those lollies they cancelled? Redskins. Redskins or what was the other one? It was Redskins and. Um, Ch- um, Chico's. Chico's. Chico's and Redskins. Okay, how's Redskins like? Uh, I don't Redskins know. are pretty famous. You know what they're going to change? Exactly. You know what they're changing Redskins to? To what? Four skins. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say five skins. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. You know, we're not, I mean. Do you remember oh. the Gollywog biscuits? Oh. Bring those back. Oh. <laughs> they're Just call them right. <laughs> I think they They're are. Not allowed anymore. The I'm gollies sure. are up. The wogs <laughs> incorrect now, mate. Just call them gollies. Gollies, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree with you. I, comedy people don't got to look deeper than the surface and, and being offended by it. Because when we were growing up, and you remember Acropolis now, the Greeks weren't really accepted in society. But what that show did, it opened, uh, it, it opened the you know made Australians and every other nationality look into a Greek lifestyle culture. And it made people laugh. And it's like here come the Habibs because I've been saying this lately. In the last couple of years I feel that the Lebanese name has really improved a lot. Like it, the image is, you know, we're, we're through a bad patch um, like every nationality does in Australia. It's part of the system. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, bad, how bad was your patch though? A couple, couple, couple of decades. Uh, everyone goes through it. Greeks, <laughs> Greeks Italians. Uh, we, then we went through a religious stage. Asians copped it. Now the Africans are about to cop it. It's part yeah. of the system. It's just the way it is here. But um, You've got to hang your stripes. Yeah, you could hang your stripes. <laughs> but I found that the Habibs and, you, you know, Tahi went everywhere we went. I, I mean, we, I had Asians and Indians and people felt they could relate to the Habib family and it let them laugh at a Lebanese family. And, and it wasn't offensive. There was nothing wrong with it. We copped a big backlash oh. before the show came out and it was a majority of white people saying this is racist. But to who? Lebanese people? Let the Lebs complain. Yeah. This is the problem. You, you a, lot of, a lot of Anglos are coming out saying... It's racist. Well, one of the worst things, like, was in the media. We'd, we're doing publicity for the show, like, you know, and the 30-second, you know, uh, teaser came out for the show and that's when it, the shit hit the fan. Everyone said, oh, this show, it's racist. Why? Uh, because uh, Lebanese people uh, got a jet skin to pull. They don't do that. It's a comedy. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it's lighthearted. And then I, I, I swear I copped a question in the media about um, the font of the show. Because the, the font the Hikam Habibs was like an Arabic font. This is racist. Why? Because the font is Arabic. 
What's racist about that? Well, it's taken the jobs of all the other fonts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. For God's sake, how could there be people questioned even the font of this show? Super there was a like, super. So when look, we've been not in lockdown, obviously, you know, and when comedy restarts again, like you know, we, we got tours starting again in October, scheduled. You know, if all things, you know, infections keep, I don't know. But but you guys are pretty lucky. Time. There's only there's only five five or ten people allowed in. That's all you. That was your, that was your maximum crowd. <laughs> <out here. laughs> That's I could say. Yeah, yeah. I've done a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> you get me sold out for months. I know. It's just gonna be, I look. I don't, look with the comedy. Like it, it's exactly the last thing to come back because what they're talking about. Imagine a comedy room, two three hundred people in a in a low ceiling. Yeah. Packed in tight, laughing, spitting, <laughs> coughing. Like that's exactly what they're trying to stop. So that our industry was the first to be shut down and the last to come back. Open, yeah. um, and when that will be, who knows? Like, you know, honestly, it's just, who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing now with um, social media and Instagram, you can still get your comedy out there in, in different sort of ways, but mm. I think it'll be a while before I, the show's I, I, I don't off. believe it's the same. you, you got to be there and you've got to exactly. obviously experience it and you, and you feel the... You feel it from these guys, and like I said, I've, I've been to a few of their shows, and I've been to a few others, and like I said, um, yeah, I just wish um, we could all sit down with, with guys like this and not really worry about Have what race we are, where we come. Like I said, I, I grew up in St Peter's in a little area where we were, we were wogs and we were like, you know, the Aboriginals would call us names and we'd fight, and all of a sudden <laughs> after a few months, then we, we were the best of friends, and, and I am today. Like, so I'm totally an unracist person, but I just, uh, like I said, I still don't really am. Um, you're, you know what you are? You're street smart. And a lot of us have been, you know, brought up in that life where, you know, like everyone now has got a tiptoe. So it, it, it's not. We did that show, street smart too. Yeah. But, it's, it's, but like, like Jeff, like I know like, I mean, look, while you bring that up, like, um, and I know you, you, you're you one of the ambassadors for Save Our Sons. You do a lot of work and, and Rob and I are ambassadors as well. And, and we've seen you at a lot of the, the charity functions. But growing up, uh, I remember I was a teacher. When you, when you were in your, you know, the prime of your career, boxing. But I think I never told you this, but I was a massive supporter. Like, I, you're, like your fights, like I used to tell the whole school, the whole class right now, watch this, you know, and then your record, um, you know, I was loving the undefeated record. And when you, when the Azuma Nelson thing happened, like I was yeah, so I was devastated. Gutted. I, know, <laughs> I was gutted. gutted. Like yeah, you don't guys. understand how gutted I was. Like, and But uh, what people don't understand is we've seen you, I think I saw you on a um, – Documentary somewhere speaking, like what people realize, you're actually quite a deep thinker. People yeah. don't really receive that for you. See, what people don't realize also, like I said, um, of course, and being undefeated was amazing. But when I, when I lost, I think uh, that turned a light on. I finally, yeah, I learned more from mm. not just from the draw, but when I was defeated, I learned more about who I was and about life. And that's why I'm sitting here today because I'm that person. Had I been an undefeated person, I don't need to sit here and talk to people. I don't need to, yeah, no. to, to mingle. I don't need to, to, to help. You, know, you, you you just get carried away with, with your own success. And to be honest, like I, I tell people, that three-time world champion and the guy who had the draw with the Zoom Nelson, yeah, I don't really even like him. You know, he was a little bit – no, he wasn't a little bit. He was very arrogant, thought he could have anything he wanted. And then, you know, you get defeated and you really learn who you are. And that's the person who I am today, knowing that, man, I loved it. Make sure that whatever I do, everybody else can do. If I'm out of a restaurant drinking some bit of a wine, I see somebody there drinking some, I'll go and take my wine. I'll, I'll share that with that's them. That's just who I am, brother. You know? That's what I'm talking about. People, people like really um, – people that don't know you don't really – they misjudge you. Because uh, I, I can't tell the number of functions Robin, Rob and I myself have been at. We've seen you help out, save our sons, but the number of functions I've been at where we say, oh, okay, we've got uh, – it could be any sort of charity, fundraisers, and we've got uh, donated – Boxing gloves by Jeff Fennigal got donated something like 
there's so much, you know, donation and, and, and give out there. So, look, now, congratulations. I know you... Yeah, yeah. you anyway, know, God, just, just, thank you. I mean, I was a fan of your boxing. I was a fan of when you played for Parramatta Eels. Thanks, mate. Go Parramatta. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, so people don't realise that. I tell everybody, uh, Rob, I tell everybody, I got all those belts you've seen them, they walked and they when I, when I did the podcast with Sterlo, I said, Sterlo, I'd give you every one of those belts. Give me that number seven jumper that you play for <laughs> Parramatta. Let me play first grade. Let me play what? state of origin. Let me play for Australia. I'd give all my belts away tomorrow. What was your number? It was, big, uh, it was 42, a big number. 42, right. 42 for Parramatta. Yeah, yeah that's the big biggest shoulder pads. pads. Yeah. We've, got the, we've got the unofficial mayor of Parramatta here today. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I had uh, my entourage sitting outside. Yeah, security, yeah, secret security. service. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen those cars coming down the street, but they're all burning rubber and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover, that's what they are. It's all that Undercover, Undercover that's yeah. Smoke yeah. machine. I told yeah. him, run for it. He won't run for it. I said, run no. for it. But you know what? The skeletons in the closet. That's exactly. When you're unofficial, you just can go through life undetected. When you, as soon as you're an official politician, God help you. Yeah. He's, he's, the unofficial, he's the unofficial mayor of Parramatta and still on the payroll. Mm. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> <A> few envelopes. <laughs> did you mention before you're obviously a school teacher before mm. you got into comedy. How do you go from an English drama teacher to comedy? It's a big transition. It, it, look, there's a lot of uh, former teachers that are, that are actually into Theatre and drama, like that's what. Oh, I'll tell you what, all the teachers that t- taught me off were they fucking idiots, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or there's acting or whatever. But like, there's um, but people are surprised too. They go, "Oh, you're a teacher," and they go, "Yeah." They go, "What did you study?" Go, no, no. What do you think? I got my degree through. <laughs> you know, In the like, post. So, yeah, it was like through the post. Or something. Yeah, yeah. I went to uni and everything. Ah, uh, well, they there are a lot of Lebanese that can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, Turkish, Turkish, Jeff. Oh, well, I'm um, just saying, but you know, you got a Lebanese friend here, the mayor of Parramatta. I got connections. Yeah. Ask Dennis I, Fitzgerald. I will look. <laughs> that, the, the degree is all good. Like, so I was into comedy uh, even primary school. I was always uh, you know, collecting jokes, writing jokes. Uh, loving comedy, and then uh, even when I was teaching, I was, I was constantly writing. And and then when I found out uh, when I was teaching that there was a thing called open mic where anybody can get mm-hmm. up, that blew my mind. Yeah, you know what? You, yeah, anybody just get up. It was a Sydney Comedy Store in, yeah, in my yeah, car, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I rocked up on a Tuesday night, and it took me six weeks to get up because I, I thought I'm going to get up here. I was that nervous. I thought, no, I can't do it. I, I had my mates with me. I said. I think I'll just watch tonight. I'll come back next week. <laughs> come back next week. I kept this up for six weeks, knew it, knowing that I want to get on. Yeah, but I just didn't have the courage at that stage. But I was going to do it. Six weeks it took me. I finally, you know, finally I did it. And what was the reaction? Reaction was good because I had, I had four mates there. Right, and they all clapped. As soon as I got on stage, they were laughing because when you see it made up, they say, "Ah, oh, this is look at this." Yeah. So they were laughing, but then I, I got a few laughs from the other people as well, and thought, "Yeah, that was it." Once you get that adrenaline, yeah, of course. The feeling, how, how long yeah, ago was, was that? It was about twenty. I was twenty over two decades ago. Like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. twenty years in the game. Yeah, it's and a then, long time. Yeah. And then it just kicked on from there, and then yeah, just eventually I left teaching because it was, it was taking. Tell a lot them of how time. you used to practice on the students. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like the Letterman show. The first three minutes was just comedy. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the kids, like year 12s, obviously, but uh, um, they were good days. Well, let me tell you, I've, I've got a friend also that is a boxing trainer that helps me, but he's a part-time school teacher as well. And this is true. He tells me, so he, he must not have studied as hard as you, but he would go into school and said, Basil, when I talk to him, how can you be, excuse me, a damn school teacher? He's not, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, yeah. He said, Jeff, I go into the class, I look for the smallest guy and I get them up and I make them write all the maths and stuff on the heels. <laughs> he That's great. So he, he, so he gets, he gets a, the students to teach a class. So he still gets paid for it. He's doing a good job. That's right. a good tactic, Jeff. The, one of the things, like, if you didn't know anything, you go, 
if they ask you a hard question, you go, that's your homework, look it up. Like, that's your teaching. <laughs> but look, I, I'm, I'm pretty, like, English was always my, even though it was my second language, like, you know, I migrated from Turkey, right? Yeah. But um, I was always uh, pretty good, like, with the, with the spelling. Like, I, I, I pride myself on that, the spelling and the and the, the language, the punctuation, all that sort of stuff. My, my first class, you get this, I go in, like, my, my first year of prac teaching. I was just out of uni. And then um, so I got the other teacher there and the kid goes, sir, right, how do you spell, and, the, and this is the word he's thrown me, right, which, and you should know we've heard about it, but it just is one of those tricky words, lieutenant. Oh, what the, oh, my God, lieutenant. I go, yeah, all right, you look it up and spell, you bring it back tomorrow, tell me how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> how do you spell lieutenant? It's a tough one. Like, we it's all know one. the word. Yeah, but yeah, go, yeah. Hang on, L-E-U, it's, it was a hard one. Yeah. Anyway, they can look it up, the, the people around. Anyway, just to let you know that I grew up and the, the craziest thing was that we used to hang around at a place we used to call it the Turk Shop. So it was in Emerald Road, just across the road from the Emerald Theatre. Yeah. And we had a, you know, so a lot of the Turkish, we had a lot of Turkish boys in, in, in Emerald back then. And, uh, yeah, so I grew up and we used to hang around in a little, our, our hangout was called the Turk Shop. The yeah. Turk Shop? Yeah. What do they sell? Oh, no, it was just pinballs and. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, and Cards, backgammon. Octay, this guy. He was like one of the toughest kids around the area. His name was Octo. There was some, yeah, we had some some great times. I think it's in this song, Dillo, Dillo, Yal. It sounds Turkish. Crazy. And Rob, not a lot of people know that you were an athlete before you you got oh, into the whole look, acting still and, look at you know, comedy and, and things like that. Tell us about what that. What do you mean? He tells everybody he's an athlete. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I tell people because they don't believe it. Yeah, and yeah, I like yeah. to uh, make people aware that, you know, I, I do have a sporting mind. Yeah. And so, see, he's, a, he's got a very a good um, sporting background. But I love sports. Yeah. I, I, was, I was playing um, rugby union before. Acting and comedy, like he wanted to be a comedian from day one. It's not something I even thought of and I accidentally fell into it and um, and there's a lesson there. Like if an opportunity comes your way, give it a go because you don't know where it will take you. And, um, yeah, I, I went to a school called St. Pat's Stratfield and my brother, um, I actually put soccer down in year five. You had to put a, a, a sport. sport. You had, it's compulsory. You had to play a sport and uh, winter sport. I put soccer. He changed it. He goes, no, you're playing rugby because all my cousins are playing soccer. So, uh, you know. I got to year 11. I made first 15, which was big. To make it in year 11 was a big thing because you usually make it in year 12. And then I got picked for Australian Schoolboys, um, which was a great honour, especially from a school like St. Pat's where a lot, a lot of the um, a lot of the Aussie players were picked from Joey's and Riverview and all the GPS schools. Have you told him your trick? What trick? He, he was like, he was 18, his birth certificate said he was 12. I was a big boy. Like, yeah. It's funny because like I was a very aggressive, I wasn't dirty, but I was a very aggressive player. Like I'd just uh, I'd take, I'd just go hard. And yeah. um, my coach at school was Lebanese, Joe Barricat, who went on to um, oh. coach in Japan and um, helped a few clubs in Australia and very, very good coach and he used to push me harder and, you know, I used to hate him at the time because he'd, he'd make me do sprints, usually have a break, but he'd make me do it again and again. And that, when I made Aussie schoolboys, he said to me, now you know why because you could see it in me and um, – and, and one guy, you can even, like, Arndo, who's a you know, well-known comedian, told me not long ago that he used to play rugby against me at school and they all used to shit themselves really? when they played St. Pat's because Rob Shahady would just take your head off, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that was the thing. Rugby, rugby just lacks that. I, I feel it lacks that aggression like the league has. These guys no, definitely. League. I mean, like, when you grow up playing league, we look at rugby and we think that. But, I mean, look, um, I just take my hat off to anybody that makes it 
in in the top level at any sport. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had my role sports. Yeah, so it was, you know, that was my career. I thought I was going to um, to be a rugby player. I played Australia, you know, not New South Wales and Australia under-19s and under-21s. I was in the system playing first grade at West Harbour and had a stint at uh, Manly. But, you know, a lot of injuries and, as you know, injuries can stop your career. And, um, and then during that, at the age of around 20, I was um, – Accident. He comes down for an audition for Fat Pizza. His brother was supposed to audition. He just came along with his brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a hanger on, you know. Yeah, yeah. just a hanger on. And, and, and Paul Fennick, like, um, he he saw. He goes, uh, yeah, you're you're good, Nick. But uh, who's this big boy with you? Like this massive. I think I can use him. And then he he got he got you know in a scene. And then next, because my first scene of Pizza, I had this uh, Greek guy who's my supposed to be my partner. Right, and we we're, were watching TV. And yeah, because you had been filming the series for a yeah. couple of weeks. And, and Paulie yeah. said, okay, you guys are watching TV and he gave me the a bong. Like, like he goes, you're stoned and he gave the kebab to the Greek guy. And I said, Paul, he goes, uh, I said, look, I don't like this bong thing. I'm not into smoking. My mum might be watching. And I don't know why because like Paulie's like, you know, he's very focused and he's, he's, he's very good at what he does. Um, he liked me. He goes, okay. He switched it around. He goes, all right, don't worry, you. He goes, you had the kebab and he gave the bong to the Greek guy, right? So he 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 pretended it was like stone and all that sort of just on the couch and I was just mucking around my funny, funny one-liners, right? After that scene, never saw the Greek guy again. <laughs> they they cut saw, him out. They saw the takes and they go, oh, it's just not quite working with the bong and everything. <laughs> that could have been, you know. If could have been you, that's right. Life's funny that way, isn't it? Yep. Like just take, you take little decisions, little corners, every, everything you, you decide. And then next day, like, the, you know, after he left, this guy appears out of the scene. Yeah, so if, we, if we take a step back, uh, I, I got this scene and I did it on my own. I did another scene and um, they all cracked up and uh, it was a road rage scene and um, one guy came out with a knife, one guy comes out with a bat and they said to me, you've got to go, you've got to, go to the boot and you pull out a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Paulie said something, he said to me, oh, just make, make a line-up when you get the bow and arrow, just make up a line And I come out and I said, yeah. Do you know who I am? I'm the Lebanese Rambo. <laughs> Rambo was big back then. Yeah. And they all cracked up. I remember the cameraman bouncing and shaking and laughing. Anyway, and then I, they all liked it. And I got this call to come to another scene and I've turned up and I'm with this guy in, a, in, in the Yellow Valiant. And back then there weren't GoPros. So it was this, I'm, I'm shitting myself. I'm suddenly with this bloke. I have to drive this car at a certain speed, think of my lines, make sure I can see the camera. There's another car next to us. So I had to make sure the driving in alongside front, you, yeah, and and we had to just and oh, he just loved the way we bounced and that was it. But but this is the crazy. I was going to say this because I never boxed in my life. I just went to the gym by accident. You know, yeah, right. I became what I am today. But, but how, how did you get to the gym, like? What, what do you mean? Like, uh, did, we, did, went, did, we, we walked to the youth club because we were going to have yeah. a fight with some people, and we're looking, we're searching the youth club. <laughs> really? and the last room was it's a boxing best. room, and as I look in the boxing room, he's a friend of mine sitting there from school. And yeah. I sat down and watched him box and. I put my hand up the box, but I'm, what I'm saying it's just that you were there at the right time, at the right place. That's you right. found what because I honestly believe that in all of us, we, we everybody's got a greatness, and sometimes you don't find it. And had I not been to the gym that day, I wouldn't have found it. Had you not been with your brother that day, yep. you might not have found that. Had you mm. not done what you done, you might not have found it. So I just think that yeah, that I believe that we all have this amazing gift, and God, and, and here we are. Yeah, I, mean, you're, you're I wouldn't blessed, know you're blessed you. Blessed to find it, yeah, you know. Uh, it's funny we, how life we, works. We bonded in the car because in our first scene, there was these two other girls, like, the, you know, we're supposed to, I don't know, pick them up or whatever, but these were like proper actors. Like from paid. Nida, Lister. We're just a couple of 
chocos. A couple of knockabout, you know. <laughs> and, like, and, and they were doing all these things, but like in between takes, they wouldn't even look at us, talk at us. We'd look at and we go, look at these two and stuff. You wonder up. why. Back then we were, we were better that sourced. Was stuck up. <laughs> were, yeah, yeah. But, but, but yeah, we bonded over it like yeah. our, like, Look at these, they're stuck up. Yeah. But the, the Paulies love the way we bounced and uh, and we worked well with Paulie and, uh, you know, and you've worked with him. And also he, I feel sorry for that Greek guy in a way because he was like the fifth Beatle member. He probably looks now back. He looks back at he it. He could have been in the seat right He could have been. Yeah, I took his <laughs> – really, I took his spot. You cut his lunch. So I don't even know who, he's, who he is or where he is, but um, he probably thinks good, of good that. Good luck to him. Hopefully he's coming. Is well. that how you guys met? Yeah. Yeah. Doing that for pizza, yeah. yeah. And then we just – yeah, I mean – we just click like oh, I know this guy back to front. He grabs yeah. a mic. I know exactly what he's going to say next. I know when to stop because I know when he's going to come in. We've done so much touring together, honestly. It was crazy. Just the other day, I was at a, at a restaurant. I was talking. And I was with a Greek guy, and um, he's a very wealthy man. So I won't, I won't say who he was because um, was it the same guy that got cut from the show? No, no. Well, he, <laughs> may, he, may, he may have been because he was telling a story. He said, you know. Jeff, do you know that story they say about once you've had black, you don't go back and things like that? I said, yeah, he goes, listen, you know, once you have Greek, you can't sit down for a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, brother, I'm, I'm not going to try you. <laughs> not interested in that. So you fell into comedy, obviously the the, mm. the open mic. You fell into Fat Pizza by going to that audition. Then how do you go from, from that to then creating – a show like Here Come the Bibs and Street Smart and where did you discover that creativity that obviously? Well, he's he's been my mentor and I, and, I, and I say that, you know, out loud. I say it a lot and, um, you know, I learn a lot from I, – I, I watch and I learn and I learn from people like Paul Fennick and, you know, George Capignaris who was, was an idol of mine who played Mimo in Acropolis. I loved Mimo. I loved it. And that was the, actually when I auditioned for pizza, I used his accent because Paulie said to me, i do something woggy. Like, give me something woggy. So I used Mimo's accent, yeah. you know, and um, and and then we got to work together. Yeah. Now we're good friends. And well, we, we did a stage show uh, called uh, Hubby Bomb Parole and then Lord of the Kebabs, The Fellowship of the Hummus, right? <laughs> and uh, I just threw these guys in. Go, he goes, yeah, you should just get up. I'd like, never been on stage. So we go to Enmore Theatre, full house. Yeah. 600 people, right? Curtain goes up. I'm, I'm watching these guys. I'm watching Rob and I'm watching our other mate, like George, he's on the stage as well. And then they do the first line and the massive laughter comes. It's like a punch. And I remember oh, like yeah. I remember clearly seeing their faces. Like, this guy, he, it, it, like, it just hits you, the laughter. And he goes, and he just looked over to me. I go, Yalla. keep going. So <laughs> 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 he, you know, he start, He always says to me, I'm lucky because I just come through doing big crowds. You know, I was blessed. He's yeah. doing like little open mics with three people watching him and, you know, I got but thrown. But I also in. believe in giving it a go. Just give it, give things a go. Like, what do you, like give it a go. Get up and just. Yeah. It's a four hours. You can do whatever you want to. That people think there's always a, a a process you have to follow. A path. Yeah. That's not true. Like there's there's you can make so your he, own journey. He pushed me, you know, to get into the live stuff. You know, here I am, a rugby player. I'm play, I'm still playing rugby at the time. I, I'm all the way up to about the age of 28, and um, so I'm. You know, I remember turning up to training on a Tuesday night after uh, South Park used to go to – it was very popular and pizza was straight after it, first episodes and that. And all these guys are footy like, were you on TV last – I didn't tell anyone because I yeah. thought, oh, they might look down at me because you know, I'm a rugby player. But they loved it. And um, no, no, but he pushed me a lot. We did a lot of appearances for Fat Pizza, a lot of nightclub appearances. So you got on the mic a bit, mucked around, but then I kind of got more into uh, – We did a lot of live shows. Obviously with pizza, there was like pizza, Swift and Shift Careers, Houses. Um, and then we, you know, we're always doing our live shows, our own shows. And then from our live shows, that's where the Here Come the Habibs idea came, you know. 
and and on tour, like you know how it is. Like you, you you travel around, you have so many laughs. We've had so many scenarios and things that happened. Like, um, do, do you remember the time? Like this 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 will shock you, right? We we're in uh, we're in parks of all places for the Elvis Festival somewhere. Right? I don't even remember. <laughs> and we're we're there in parks, and these um we did some sort of comedy show. These two girls, right? we're walking the street. Like we go for a feed afterwards. Yeah, you know, we get some I don't know kebab or whatever chips. Yeah. They they stop us, right? They were and young. They were probably like teenagers, like fifteen, you know? sixteen. Yeah, and they they were Australian as probably born in parks, probably never left parks. And they go, excuse me, so politely, so politely, excuse me. They go, yes. Are you two wogs? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, we just look at it. Like really nicely. Who are these strange-looking people? They go, what are yes, they yes, we're the ones that you see on TV. Like, and remember, they walked. Wow. Okay, thanks. It was like it was like a uni- They spot a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, must, oh God, you know, yes. they, they watch TV shows. They watch. They hear about wogs and flesh. You know the city life, and then there's two wogs in parks. Wow. I've got to just say because we're going to go back just a thing that you did say some stuff that about save our sons and you guys have been a. Wow, great supporters of a, an amazing charity. I mean, when you talk about Save Our Sons, Paul, um, and you think of all these other charities in the world, they get funding and stuff to, to know how hard our friend Ellie has to work for his own son mm. and other people to save other people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Until you really know what Save Our Sons represents and stands for, you know what these families go through. Um, wow, it's, it's, the, it's the saddest thing ever. Imagine, you know, you know thinking that you, you've got a, a child that, you know, anywhere between – 12 to 20 may, may no longer be with you or after six or seven they can't use their their, 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 their body strength anymore, they've got to be wheelchair. And these guys have done so much for Save Our Sons and I know I'm, I'm there but I just want to just say well, I love you guys for, you know, all the beautiful nights that you've made um, so successful for Save Our Sons. i just got to say that because Ellie and uh, the people from Save Our Sons, I love you very much. Oh, and it's hard to make help, honestly, because the, the charity comes from the heart, you know, and it's yeah. personal and it's helping – Okay, Ellie is trying to help his son, but as you said, as you said, Jeff, he's helping all the other families. As yeah, hundred well. percent. And, you and you're right; it comes from the fact that he's battling this. You know, it, I remember he brought me to the first function. It was over ten years ago, and mm, yeah. um, I'm sitting next to Mark Geyer, and and you know, put this clip on, and next thing I'm in tears. Mark yeah. Geyer's crying. Yeah, yeah. And still, yeah. I've watched these clips, and you'll yeah, know. I've watched it every and year. And I will cry. still get emotional yeah, watching. Yeah. It. It's not yeah. easy, mate. And, and to imagine being a parent. You know, there's one parent in part of the Save Our Sons oh, family yeah. that has three kids with the disease. Well, it's like it's a, some, over a million to one again, and then she has three children. They all have. Wow. It, it, it doesn't kick in straight away. It kicks, kicks in. Yeah, so God, that, that's when I sometimes think: Is there a God? Is there really somebody? What? what you've been. Pun- I don't know. I yeah, but you know, I believe that. Like, there is a you know because God gave us Ellie. Who's now helping other? Families. I understand that, but you, yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, Some yeah. people are out there who are doing bad things. And having healthy kids and living a good life, and you wonder yeah. why do the good? Yeah. But yeah, it makes you. There's a reason yeah. behind no, it. Of all. course, there's a reason behind mm. everything. I mean, yeah, you know, um, it's brought us all together. It's you know, there's a reason. I, I last year I was just about dead, as you guys know. You know, I was yeah. just about dead, and I think that That's just fine, that, just yeah. yeah, just as I was about to die, the devil came and said, and he said, "Listen, I don't want you coming down here taking over." So he said, "You stay up." <laughs> he didn't, he wouldn't, yeah, didn't want me to go. So I don't know. We we're all following that story like uh, yeah. closely, and um, you had you had people fly over, didn't you? Like you had oh, yeah. some support. Like, oh no, uh, I, I, I yeah, it was, it was support, Yeah, but um, it's not about the support. Just like I said, you, you just you, you just never know. And um, like I said, um, when I think of save our sons and think of those children and think of wow. 
how tough the parents are. Well, well, I don't know if I could – of course I love to help. Mm. I don't know how I would handle it myself if I was a parent. So yeah. that's that's the thing I just I just can't understand. Of course you, you're going to go out there, but I, wow, I just don't know how they mm. – I don't know how well he does. And, and look, um, all the people who have supported him, all those years, Bass and all those guys, I just take my hat off to him. I love them so, so much because they are, they're trying to <clears> – <throat> they're trying to help – the world, they're trying to help everybody, they're trying to help his own child, which is pretty amazing. He well, gets strength, he's, he's admitted that. He gets strength from those functions. You know, that's where you have no, to, that's where you, can, mm, you lean yeah. on that. You know, people care. I'm sure he The fact yeah. that people care yeah, yeah. gives you strength. 100%. Well, if anyone's watching, um, look them up, Save Our Sons. Yeah. Um, very, very genuine charity. Yeah, definitely. What do you think's made you guys so successful? Obviously, you had some opportunities, you took full advantage of those opportunities, but success doesn't come easy and you've been successful for a long time now. What do you put that um, down to? I, I think, you know, I, I'm speaking about Tar here and, and you know, we, I think we, we just mirror each other in a way but we, we're just down-to-earth people and um, I, I think we look, we, we, it's very, like, you know, we look after people. We don't we don't walk over people. In our industry there's a lot of that happening. Yeah. You don't last 20 years in the entertainment industry if you're, um, you know, a lot of these people think they're Hollywood. So who comes up with the new the new, um, the new new stuff every time? Who, is it, is well, it teamwork ta- or...? Well, Tahi's, um, yeah, it's funny how we work. We've we got our strengths I, I, I and weaknesses. Don't stop. I, don't, I do not stop. Like, so we, we do tours this year. We're working on uh, ideas for next year already. Like, you know, we never stop. People are like, we never take, you know, uh, step and stop and rest and, and, and rest on our laurels. We never do that. Like, people don't understand that. People think, oh, they're just another show. It's easy, we're yeah. working, we're doing this tour. We're, at the moment, we're, we're, we're working on another, um, you know, ABC comedy. Maybe you can uh, be in this one. We'd love uh, to have you. You'd like this one, actually. Like, you show me something earlier, mate. Why don't you um, show off a bit today? <laughs> magic trick. Yeah, show me. <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on. We should try to get in this new show if it happens. Yeah, uh, give, give me a little look at this, mate. <laughs> look at this. We might have to get close to the camera. Here we go. Yeah, we zoom in. Now, I want, you, I want you to study the key. Have a look. The key. To study the now, This is the key, guys. Yeah. Now, that? Rob, you've got, to, you've got to commentate here for those that are listening on the, on the podcast. It's, a, it's to, a key to a – It looks like a Datsun. Beautiful Ferrari. <laughs> it's a Datsun. So Tahi's Ty, Ty come out with a, a $50 note, genuine $50 note. Give me note. the $50. Have a look. And a, and a, a key. A totally um, – Counter for fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh off the photocopier, Rob, Rob's photocopier. So it's uh, yeah, right, right here, right here. We're going to put it right there. So now. he's putting it on his hand, and he's going to pierce it with the key. Is that right? Yeah. You getting this? He's going to put a hole through this. There's cameras everywhere. Surely one of them yeah. will pick it up. Just move the bottle I'm hoping they pick up what you're doing. <laughs> wow, he's just pierced it. The key's gone. St- <laughs> the key has gone straight through the fifty dollar note. Mm. Yes. And he's pulled, jeez, he's pulled it back out <laughs> and he has not ripped it. I think Jeff's seen something. I uh, saw some, we can't expose well, this. I can't we can't expose this. There is definitely no hole left in that $50 and I'd like to thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> no that trick cost me 50 bucks. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, th- th- Jeff will be doing that later on. I'll be, I'll be giving that trick to him. So Ty's thinking about getting to a bit of magic, doing a bit of yeah. magic in his shows. It's quite funny. Um, it's too close. Magic too close. Comedy. The lights yeah, too, too, too much. Too much of the lights here. Yeah. But we, we, we going back to your point. We have our strengths and weaknesses together. That's why we work well and um, we help each other out. You know, like the Habib's way it started it was quite funny. Um, I did a short film for a, a guy named Ben Davies who who created Bondi Rescue, and his his background was documentaries, and. and 
you know, I, I never do short films. There's another opportunity. I never, I get asked to do short films. I go, what for? Like, it's not yeah. a paid it's too gig. short. You're yeah. short films. <laughs> <laughs> You're really tall. You do short films. <laughs> like, a lot of people do short films to get a break in the industry. And then, like, anyway, this guy, I looked at him up and I thought, okay, this guy's got a bit of a reputation. And, you know, he had the cameraman from the Red Dog movie and he had, you um, very famous, can't remember her name, uh, Carmen Duncan, who was uh, in an old Paula Duncan's sister, mm. who was famous in America in a show there. Anyway, so I thought, well, some good people, I'll do this show. So I kept saying to him, listen, you know, you're in documentaries. And I've always dreamt, I want to do a documentary on Lebanon. That's been my dream, you know, yeah. that. Because um, mm. a lot of people have this perception of Lebanon, but it's 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 an amazing beautiful place, place a party venue, it's, yeah. uh, it's a resort. It's, it's an eye No, no tax. And, and he. <laughs> He's been there. He went there for two weeks. He loved it um, and he still talks about it. So We did a comedy festival. It was amazing. Oh, it's really? A, it's an eye-opener. And um, anyway, I kept pushing this guy. So we pitched, you know, a comedy show where uh, me and we actually put Faraz Durrani down as a because he was in House Husbands on Channel 9 and do this yep. travel show to, to Lebanon. Channel 9 came back and said, oh, they um the night. I said, no, it's not. we're not ready for this just yet. And, um, and then I, I said to him, I think I, I might have another idea for you. Let's have another meeting. I brought Tar here along, and Tar had this mm. concept. Uh, it was, it, you know, it was like two pages I've typed up years ago off the back of one of our stations, maybe for a potential TV show. We just sat on it for like yeah. ten years, yeah, and then finally we brought it out. What do you think of this? We like it. Loved it. It was and an easy idea for for the executives. You you would you would have dealt a lot of executives, Jeff. Like people, they're in a different world. They have to be. It has to be an easy concept for them to understand. But to you know, to go back to your question, we never stop. I never stop. Like yeah. you know, right now, we're working on stage shows, different concepts, TV shows. Um, while during lockdown, I wrote four children's books because uh, that's my mind space. I'm with two kids at the moment. You know what I mean? So we never stop. People think it's just that we we're always planning. Well, people don't planning, know that. People don't preparing. know how hard you work. Working hard behind <laughs> the scenes. The constant meetings, like how many yeah, meetings? Yeah, a lot of constant meetings. meetings lot, writing lot, sessions. A lot of things don't come through, but you, you just got to keep knocking on doors. And um, and then the Habibs was a, such an easy mm. concept. You know, Lebanese family wins lotto, moves to eastern suburbs. Now, you just laugh. And and we didn't have to do much to to win them over. And um, I remember we were going to another network, and Ginjal found out about it and loved the idea and said, "I want this on nine. And we change all the time. Like we we want to do a drama. Uh, I'm working on a, a children's movie. Which I love, like that's you know I, I love that sort of you know genre at the moment. But um, we always change, like we, we always adapt. But people still sort of pigeonhole. You know, we get pigeonholed. There's no doubt about it. They go, look at these two guys, like you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, um, but but I, I've like, got a feeling we might host our own morning show soon, just with the way everyone's talking about <laughs> multiculturalism, and we need to yeah. see. Well, like I said, I, I, I honestly I think it would be great because, like I said, people need to to be more relaxed. And like I said, um, listen, the reason why I loved Kyle Sandins were. When I first heard him on radio, was that he was real. Somebody asked him a question and he thought he got in trouble sometimes, but he would just answer it the way he thought it should be answered, yeah. the way us as people wanted to hear it. Not robots. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he wasn't worried. You know, you know when you say real, I, I always, he's heard me say it, I always say the words real Australia and that's what our show's target, real Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Which is everyday Aussie, the Bogans, the, the Lebs, the Wogs, the Italians, the Asians, Indians. But, but also, Rob, you know, of, we, we don't take anything seriously. Yeah, we don't. We don't take success if it comes our way seriously. Like we don't. We don't let it go to our heads because we know. Okay, sometimes we understand the game. We know this person's talking to us because of this show. We, we you know, you can see through people. Yeah, you know, like it's, it, so. We don't, we don't. It never gets to our heads, and that's what we talk to everybody and anybody. And we, you know, the moment you, you, you know, you get fans coming up. The moment you reject 
a photo or yeah. something. Hundred oh. percent. For that person, it's special at that moment. They don't know that you've done hundreds or thousands, whatever. Like they don't understand that because they always yeah. like we, we filmed at Summonats, and mate, seriously, every two seconds, someone wants a photo. Just a quick photo. Just a quick photo, and it's not a problem. We'll do it. But every quick photo, it's like every- yeah. The only time it gets to me is if, if if you're in a club and and someone's drunk, and they come up and they hang around for ages, and then I just leave. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's just too much. I don't yeah. understand. Two drunks hanging around together too long. It's not, <laughs> not a good scenario, brother. It's a bad. Not a good scenario. So, <laughs> but you know, like I don't drink, Jeff. You know that. What I, what I don't understand is like. You know, here come the Habibs was massive. 1.2 million people on the yeah, first night. That's like Married at First Sight, Ninja Warriors type ratings. I mean, that's small. Listen, I mean, when you think of how many ethnics and how many Habibs and how many vlogs, yeah. And, man, yeah, it's crazy. It's there not a true. Well, yeah, the ratings aren't a true reading um, because of the way they do it. It's well, because there would have been like 20 lebs in one house, <laughs> 25 more <laughs> in the other, on, on one lounge. So there would have been like 20 yeah, yeah. million watched it, really. <laughs> But to the people at home who don't know this, they, they do it. How many boxes? About 5,000 boxes they yeah, do an stupid. equation on. So it's not what you, what you watch doesn't affect it. It's yeah. what there's 5,000 households are watching and they do an equation. So it's not a true indication. Yeah. But what I'm trying it's to say estimate. is unless you have one of those rating boxes, your your viewing doesn't count. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of these other dramas or drama comedies, they're, they're pulling in 500,000, 400,000 and this show smashed it. It's big. So I don't understand why... You know, other networks don't see that formula and go, hold on. Let's I'll, I'll tell you why. Because, again, they – the, Are they no, uncomfortable? They're not well, used they're to very, it? They're, well, they're worried. They're worried that that little – because of the world we live in, they – oh, will they say something wrong? Will they offend somebody? Will they 100%. Will they say something about, you know, gay people? Or will they say – listen, we all – listen, people don't realise that when it's it, – for you guys to get it and say it, it makes those people even more comfortable because it's, yeah, they're having yes. a joke, they're having well, a laugh. 100%. And I'm sure whether you're gay, whether you're black, whether you're white, we all laugh together with that. That's why it's so great. And that's why we need this stuff. We need more. Well, that, that's what made, I guess, the network very comfortable, that there was two ethnics doing a show. and um, You're about, taking the piss out of yourselves. Well, well it's a lot, a lot of my stand-up to get away with it. Yeah, a lot of my stand-up. You make fun of yourself in your background. These are my stories. Like, yeah. You know, my parents. The, and the there was nothing offensive in, in the Habibs. And, and I say this to people. I made it very clear. I don't, you know, the, the one kid was a uni student. The, the other one was a business entrepreneur. None of them were criminals. Another one, we didn't make them look bad. It was a comedy. That was all it was, a family. It was comedy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's all it is. And, and you're right. We, we just need to... Uh, just have a laugh. Yeah, Not take ourselves I mean, yeah. too seriously. I mean, like I said, um, look what's happened in the world today. You know. Hey, Jeff, they still talk about fat pizza from that no, long ago. Of course ago, they do. They oh. still talk oh, about. People, it. Yeah, people always bring up my little. I remember your little cameo. Uh, in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> with Mater Hamden, the boys, the same brothers. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, in the, he was in the fat pizza movie as yeah, well as yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a rolls up to moment. a nightclub. It was a great moment. But fat pizza, I mean, that was um, that was an iconic show. You know, for that time. Do you remember the scene? I do, yeah. So yeah, Paul yeah, Fennick's yeah. making fun of Jeff Fennick. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out, the, he rolls out of the limousine. That's <laughs> what did you say, mate? <laughs> oh, it's a classic. The classic movie. Like it's the movie you can watch any time because it's it's a series of jokes and and it's almost timeless because it is and you can watch it at any time, you know. And, and, yeah. and you know, it made it shows like we, we were like rock I'll, I'll be honest, we were like rock stars in the fat pizza days. You know, we I remember doing a big appearance somewhere, I can't remember, it was like a school or something. There was thousands of people at a I don't know if it was a fate, but you know, it was advertised fat pizza and home and away are turning wait, up. Wait, wait, well, you gotta remember, like at, at those schools you were going, there were like ninety nine percent of them were wogs. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember, Tay? I remember Fat Pizza turning up and we're doing all this signing for about over an 
hour, signing, signing. And then home and away were meant to come two hours later. Spell after lieutenant. We, oh, sorry. Spell lieutenant. L-I-E-U-T-A-N-T, I think. No, wrong. Look it up. Anyway, and home and away got cancelled. They said no need to come. Everyone's left. After we left, they it was like. We had Rebel Wilson and you had a big lineup. Yeah, we had a lot of cameos. And Jeff was one. So proud of Rebel. Like, you know, she's superstar. Honestly, absolute so. superstar. Well, definitely like, so. Who, yeah. who laughs at herself and who just enjoys exactly. life, you know? And, and yeah, when we, and, you know, in pizza, she she really she did cop it, and she was, you know, she took it. You know, it, that was making fun of her weight and and that in the show, and that was just part of her character, and uh, she made fun of herself, and, um, and you know, you know, she had a contract with Jenny Craig, like to lose when weight. She this first was went to this when she was in Hollywood. She was the only person that put on weight, so they couldn't. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that. She, she first she, it was Hollywood. like a quarter of a million. It was, it was, a, wow. it was a fair size contract, and then they, the, the Hollywood executive said, "Hey, what are you doing? No, Stop. I do remember something about this year. You go, what do you mean? No, you're not. You want to be the skinny blonde girl? We got thousands of them. Yeah, you want to be like someone unique and different? There's a there's yeah, a space no. for you. Yeah. She had to let go of the contract. Wow, that was very now early she's uh, she's back in the fitness because now she controls her own destiny. She's got her own production company. Um, she's you now she calls her own yeah, shots. Yeah, of course. So now you can do whatever she wants. You know. Yeah, that's wow. Um, what have you guys got coming up? Anything exciting? Any any projects you want to well wanna talk about? Well, we got you know we're working on things, but. It, from a gig point of view, we're, uh, we can't do anything. Everything's yeah. still closed. And, yeah. and I'll I keep be, getting my gigs and, you know, functions at AMC and corporates and all that. They're, they're getting postponed and a lot of them till next year. And uh, from, from October I'll be touring Crazy Rich Ethnics. Um, if if it opens clubs, up. If the infection <laughs> if, stand, if, yeah. if it all opens up. But I'll be on tour. So And then I'll do, I'll do all the festivals. But um, And as I said, we're always working behind the scenes. We're always working on projects and uh, we got hopefully we get this ABC comedy Going and, and well, it'd be successful. I think it's all preparation, isn't it? It's, working, it's all you know, prep. People don't realize how hard you, know, you guys oh, work I, as well. People just yeah, don't really realize. People are, like I love stand up comedy, that's my passion. Whatever I do, as long as I can do stand up comedy, that's I'm, and I'm loving it even more and more. The more I do it, like I'm not getting tired of it. But having said that, you 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 would understand with stand up comedy comes some shocking gigs. People oh. don't understand what I've gone through. Like if you at a at an Enmore Theatre's full, <laughs> that's easy. People go, that's it. I don't even get one bit, like 1,600, that's perfect. That's Everyone's ever comedy. But sometimes some of the gigs we do. Tell like, them about you know, the, uh, you did one over online the other day, didn't you? I did a Zoom comedy the other day. Like oh, really? Comedy. 56 people came on board. I go, this is weird. Like, and I can only see five faces at a time. Yeah. And I said, do the jazz hands if you're laughing because I can't hear them. I had my own sound effects. I'd do a joke and put some laughing on. Like, <laughs> But I've done some, like, you know, I've been booked in. Two two shockers I had. Well, they weren't shockers. I actually did all right. I did good, but yeah. just the environment was thanks to him. <laughs> <laughs> he rings. He was, first time he's ever pulled out of a gig because he was he was on a tour and um, uh, it wasn't his tour, but some promoter put it on and it wasn't selling as well just because it I was wasn't physically prom- sick. I it wasn't promoted properly. Yeah. And he said to me, "Bro, please." <clears throat> You know, can you go up to um, past the Central Coast? I was doing a gig in near um, actually Greenacre around there, and so I had to jet off to uh, Central Coast. I said, "Is this one selling better?" Because I knew they they canned a couple of others, and yeah. he goes, "Yeah, you know, this one sold pretty good." So how oh, good? I guess because you know I'm used to crowds. Not <laughs> so I've turned up, walked into this big auditorium. I see about twelve people sitting, and I speak to this other guy. I go, "Oh, where is it? Is it, is it a breakers? Yeah." I go, oh, so they're all outside. He goes, no, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, was, I was advertised as the headline act. Yeah, yeah. 
So 12 people in a big auditorium. You weren't even advertised. My, my, <laughs> yeah, okay, but he kept promoting Rob's, you know, Rob shows, headline yeah. coming up, coming up, coming up. And so anyway, I could walk out. My 30-minute set finished after 16 minutes because there's no – the laughter's not big. Usually yeah, with laughter yeah, it yeah. spreads out. Yeah. You can muck around with the crowd. Man, I was I was sweating underneath. People don't understand that comedy needs yeah. like a lot of different things. Uh, last year I did, I did a shocking gig on the Gold Coast. It was it was um, women in league, right? Nothing to do with it. Like so it was all females. I turn up to this gig, the Gold Coast, fly up. It's lunchtime. Uh, so it starts at 12 and then I'm, I'm watching everything. Like, you know, there's all – they're all having a good time, the females. Um, and I said, look, it's best probably just when the speech is run, maybe after the main, after lunch is coming. There's always a good time to put comedy on. If you, no, they didn't put me on. Uh, lunch happened, didn't put me on. Then they did the raffles, oh. 26 prizes, raffles. That's and all the, the end of the The girls boring. were talking, laughing, what did you win, what did you win, this, that. And I know now, experience tells me this is going to be a disaster. I know. When yeah. the raffle happens, it's over. It's, Mentally, it's, it's over. Ra- ra- yeah. And they go, right, now we're going to have another break. Oh, in my, and I'm standing right next to the DJ. <laughs> oh, okay, this can be, and you've got to get up. I, you, as a comedian, you have to get up. Then she went to um, dessert. Like I go, now dessert's going to be served. Uh, it's finished. Like they did the raffle. They did all the speeches. It was the day's over. Scott. And she's going, now dessert's going to be served. And after dessert, we have a special guest surprise for you. Oh, it is a nightmare. People like some <laughs> the ladies are already leaving. Yeah, so got got the school, school, they've got prizes. And they've got prizes. So I go, it's going to be a nightmare. So, and the talking now. She comes in after dessert. The, the, the function's finished. <laughs> it's a nightmare. And I'm there. I've got to get up. And, you know, I've flown in from Sydney. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, ladies, we've got a special guest. No one's living listening. With the, with the <laughs> we have a special guest, uh, Tahir. No one even knows who I am. <laughs> Middle-aged ladies. They didn't even want to know. They didn't even want to know. Yeah. I get up. Of course, they're talking. They're mucking around. They're talking to a couple of tables listening at the front of some of the sponsors and that. I start and there's talking, yapping, and I spend the first 10 minutes trying to get them, right, just trying to shush them down and, and some of the ladies go, quiet, 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 there's a comedian. And the people at the back and some tables are empty. And it, it all, I go, this is a nightmare. So 10 minutes I spent trying to get, I finally get them and we get a few laughs happening and it's going, okay, we, we got them now, we've got a few laughs happening, they're, they're listening and we're working good. <laughs> and all of a sudden, right, half the room just got up and just left. What do you mean? <laughs> just got up like that. Oh, oh, hey, what's going on? School pickup. Pick up, yeah, three hours, ah. yeah. It's like three, late. three o'clock, three ten. School oh, pickup. Wow. They all left. I go, this, that was it. That oh was the thing. no! They're just sort of like there's so many of those sort of. For every every successful gig you see, there's yeah. There's a lot people of, think, oh, so what? You got paid, but you don't want to get paid. You want to enjoy yourself. You want to do a good. You want people to say, wow, we had a great time. Which yeah. is yeah. great comedian. You want to give them value. It's, it's like, it's like yeah. a fight. Yeah. Every fight, yeah. you don't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, and he sent me up to another a, a gig at Parks. He goes, oh, it's a Remembrance Day gig. You go, I can't do it. I've been double booked or something. So I go, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. You yeah. know, I, I walk into uh, this um, Parks. Um, I think it was Lee's Club or RSL and. I walk in and I look, 80% of the room over the age of 75 or 80. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm seeing, you know, yeah. um, blue rinse hair, uh, hearing aids. I'm like, what the I'm losing it now. I ring him up. <laughs> Fuck, what are you doing? Because, you know, my, my comedy is very, very multicultural, very young, you know. Like, yeah. My motto is always give it a go. But, no matter yeah, what, give it a go, yeah. give it a crack. I've never done comedy for over, you know, over 80s. Yeah, 100%. He goes, bro, just charm them. That's the way you do you gotta, it. You've got to charm the older audience. So there's all this table. There's another table of primary school students. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another table with the mayor of parks and um, and a priest. I think every all the elements are against me right now. 
But I did, I, I did it. What I did actually, it felt like a wedding because there was a big cake there. Yeah. So I actually got the oldest couple, this, they're about 90-something old man and lady, and I made them, I organised like a big wedding entrance for them. I had music play and anyway, I won them over. You didn't navigate a puff. Oh, have you ever been, I've been booked in the RSL club as a Turkish comedian, right? <laughs> Plenty of times. But like this one was like Anzac Day, big memorial, like, you know, because often do it at uh, Riverston, like, you know, they, they, they do comedy. Uh, on Anzac, it would work somehow. Yeah. But another time, like it was, it was a, it was an evening. It was, a, and it never went. So Zara said they did the big, like you know, Anzac Day ceremony. Like there was a thing, tears. Then Anzac goes, and now we're gonna get. What is this right? A Turkish comedian. <laughs> <laughs> what an it intro! It must be some kind of joke. What is this? <laughs> and that's how we're going to. Like, oh, that's how we're going to introduce the guys. Oh, yeah, you're just going to work hard. Really these guys, they, they start off laughing at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he didn't know he was cracking yeah, a joke. No, no. He was laughing anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a highlight. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. it is a science. And um, you know, if the mic's bad, if uh, people are eating at the time, it's just it, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, timing's that, everything. Yeah, uh, and uh, not only that, Jeff. Like, it's just people come to a comedy club. Or a theatre, and they go and they see the crowd laughing, having a great time. The atmosphere is electric, and they want that feeling at their function. They go, okay, you come to our 40th birthday party in a backyard. Yeah. It's hard to recreate like this. Yeah. There's yeah, noise, there's barbecue, there's yeah. people walking around. Because at a show, they've yeah. paid, they're paying for a ticket to laugh. They're there to laugh. Yeah. Comedy requires focus. You need focus. That's there's a good no, point. You know, that's the number one thing. Hmm. Well, Robin, I'll like, like to see you on stage. Oh, mate, <laughs> been on stage many times, mate. But, uh, but listen, we always try to keep this down around 45 minutes. I just want to just say on behalf of Paul and I, we want to thank you so, so much and hopefully continued success because I know that you will thank have you. that because you're Thanks, great. Man. And for all you guys do for charity or anything else, I want to say you're the best and um Honoured to have you here as part of them. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really Thank you. Honoured to have yeah. you guys here. It's going to be well, – hopefully it's going to be a huge year because I've enjoyed it totally. Thank you very much. Thank you. We only scratch the surface, so we're happy to come back another time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, that, we'll have you back for sure. That is a, a great thing that, um, you know, we can do a, a, a second thing. But like I said, I'm one of these guys that – listen, 45 minutes is a great time and I'm watching the time. So I just want to just say uh, thank you guys very, thank you. very much. I would thank love you. to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't forget to subscribe, Standing 8, YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.